Welcome to Tech Whisperers, the podcast that takes you inside the playbook of the world's best digital leaders. This is a show for digital and business leaders who are passionate about learning from the industry shapers and market makers. Join your host, Dan Roberts, as he unpacks the unique stories, leadership philosophies, and answer the call moments that define and differentiate the best leaders of our day. Our goal is to help you gain an edge and move you beyond your comfort zone so that you are driving more impact and value for your team, your company, and your career. Let's get into the show and hear from another amazing tech whisperer. Welcome, welcome, welcome. That music always pumps me up, but not as much as our guest today, Christy Grinnell. And I just want to start off by saying, whether intentional or intuitive, today's best leaders like Christy have adapted their leadership playbooks for these times. If you go back and listen to the Tech Whispers podcast the last few months, you'll hear repeating themes, the same leadership wisdom screaming at you all over the place. So what's different amongst these best of the best leaders? It's HEART. And what I really mean is the acronym H-E-A-R-T. I'm not talking about the touchy-feely. I'm not talking about kumbaya. I'm talking about executives who lead with humility, empathy, adaptability, resilience, and transparency. HEART, H-E-A-R-T. There's something palpable in how these leaders are balancing their high EQs, their people, their orientation, their compassion, their care, but they get stuff done. They deliver results. They keep people accountable. So I'm going to go back to the word balance a few times because I think that's the trick today that people like Christy do so well is balance these different demands. So Christy Grinnell, you are award-winning CIO. You wouldn't say that, so I am. You're the SVP and CIO for DXC Technology, which is a Fortune 207 company, 138,000 men and women around the globe that you work with. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Dan. I'm so excited to be here and and really talk about heart because I think it's one of the only things that helps anyone be successful in a role like this. Yeah, for sure. And Tech Whispers, Christy, just eclipsed 5% of all, the top 5% of all podcasts globally. There's only, there's only 2.88 million podcasts. And the only reason for that, truthfully, it's, it's, it's you and our guests. It's As our guests, it's uh, the brilliance your pay it forward attitude. So we really appreciate you. And so let's jump in. And you know, I'm going to start with the answer the call question, Christy. You're beyond your first 90 days. So you're beyond that point. You're still within the, the first months though. What was the ask from Mike Salvino, your CEO and president, as well as your DXC C-level colleagues when you were coming on board? Yeah, Dan. And first and foremost, let me congratulate you um, on climbing the chart so quickly in podcasts. I know I myself listen to it and learn something every time I hear one. So thank you for bringing this to all of us. So Mike Salvino and his ask as I came in as CIO is actually twofold. And it's actually what made me take the role, which Number one, we're going through a large-scale transformation as DXC. We are a company that has come together over the years as merger and acquisition and really needs to focus on how we grow and accelerate in this technology market, which is always changing around us. So enabling that overall business transformation with IT is first and foremost. So Christy, get control of IT and make sure that you enable this, this transformation journey, which that alone, that's what I do. I love to drive change and transformation. So that's exciting. 
This is not your first rodeo, right? Not my first rodeo. This is my fifth transformation. So I'm super excited to be here. Everyone's different, but they all have a basic framework that um, I follow going through. But the second and probably more powerful thing that really brought me to the role that was the ask of me was to really help drive a new culture at DXC. So DXC had gotten a little lazy, a little old, had old culture from many different companies. Even when I came in, I would introduce myself to people and say, well, I'm from Legacy here. I'm from Legacy here. And I'm like, I'm from DXC. (laughs) So trying to get rid of that old culture and drive the new culture that we have is super important to us. And so Mike Salvino said, Christy, we need leaders who will drive this culture change for us. And culture to me is what it's all about. If you are not comfortable where you work, if you are not um, aligned to the values of the company, aligned to the behaviors that really drive those values and instill that in action every day, it's really uncomfortable for me. I, I have a hard time working there and it has to be close and personal to my own personal values as well. They have to be aligned. And so when Mike Salvino shared with me the DXC values and said, we need you to help instill this across the company, I jumped right in. And so even in the first 90 days, um, I started in January. In March, it's Women's History Month, International Women's Day. And I jumped right in, joined the Women's ERG, said, hey, I'd love to be your executive sponsor. Let's do this globally, not just locally. And we had a whole Women's History Month program. Um, across the entire company to show that diversity matters. And Mike Salvino, our CEO, completely believes in that. And he kicked us off with, we did this whole panel interview with some of the women leaders and he jumped on and joined and showed how important that was. That's changing the culture. And so just that little thing that I can do in 30, 60, 90 days to start to drive a change in culture, that's the thing that really gets me excited and passionate about being in a role like this. I love it. I love it. You know. Heart, H-E-A-R-T, the H stands for humility, right? And nobody leads with humility like you do, but also humanity. And that's, that's a big part of your, your secret sauce, Christy. Talk about those things and, and how you balance that, as I said in the introduction, with keeping people accountable, still having the hard conversations, and, and so on. I try and come at everything I do, whether it's talking to my kids, talking to my team, or talking to my friends, and that we're all human. We're all doing the best we can with everything we have going on around us. And if we can all step back and get out of our own heads a little bit and have our heart play a little bit of that role that you don't know what kind of day somebody had, you don't know what's going on behind them and their office doors or going on in the life around them every day. And we do bring that all to work, whether we try to or not, it does come to work with us. And so whenever I get into a team meeting and especially leading a large transformation like this, I do try to lead with humility. I come in saying, I know I'm not the smartest one in the room. Somebody help me understand. And I ask why, but why, what if, you know, all of those questions to help learn, right? I listen and learn as I'm doing that. And coming in with that humility gives people a chance to show what they know, but also helps you understand perspective of where they're coming from. And then when you bring that heart into it, it's really hard. You know, DXC is a virtual force company. And so we don't get the chance to come in and shake somebody's hand, pat them on the back, look them in the eye in the same way that you do when you're in person. But if you share and be a little bit vulnerable in those meetings, 
I've got three kids and man, you know, my, my younger one is giving me a run for my money today, you know, and then all of a sudden that can click and somebody can really go, she's human. Right. And a great example of this, we had my very first town hall and my sister has a brand new puppy. She lives right down the street and she made me watch the puppy for the day. And so I had the puppy and the puppy is like, creating havoc behind me in the background in this town hall. And I just had to stop. I'm like, time out. I'm so sorry. I need to break and pick up the puppy really quick. So I I ran and got the puppy and I came back and then everybody's like, oh my God, she has a puppy too. She understands, right? And so like, now it's like the running joke, like where's the puppy? Christy's on, on video. But it makes you human and makes you relatable and vulnerable in a way that then all of a sudden you can have a different conversation with somebody because they understand that you are human too. You have a beating heart that can sometimes get hurt, that can sometimes be befuddled with everything going on around you. Words matter and you might take something personally with a different perspective. So all of those things come together to really help you understand that we're just, we're all people doing the best we can every day. And so if we remain humble and if we bring that human side and human element to everything we do, then we can typically all solve problems easier together, recognizing that. Yeah, I like how you make that really tangible, Christine. I also appreciate how you relate the different aspects of heart very intuitively. You just talked about vulnerability, transparency, which is the T. We'll get to that here in a little bit. The E in, in heart is uh, around empathy. And, you know, the today's top executives, we know that every person's different. You know, we've got to get to know people on an individual level. So talk about how you lead with empathy. And, and I know you're a big on being a listening leader, not a telling leader. Yeah, absolutely. I, I do. I really try and listen and ask questions rather than, you know, bark orders or say something that we do so that we can all solve a problem together. But empathy is something that I really learned over the years to, to hone It's something that I actually have always been more sensitive. So interestingly enough, I wanted to be a doctor when I first grew up a surgeon. Um, And my grandma, who was a nurse in World War II and saw a lot, she finally had a conversation with me right before I was going into college. She said, Christy, I appreciate that you want to be a doctor. And she's like, I have no doubt that you you could figure it out. She said, but I want you to think about the first time a patient dies on the table. And can you handle that? So I've just always had that natural sensitivity around me of, you know, really understanding people. And I always think that my role as CIO is the intersection of people and technology anyway. So the more I can listen, the more I can really try and understand perspective and where people are coming from really helps me to deliver a better IT uh, ecosystem for our company. It really enables people to work in the way that they work. But the only way that I can do that is really by leading with empathy. And especially with everything that we've been doing around COVID and the supply chain issues and all of these things that all of a sudden things just feel so overwhelming. And our kids are still going through things. I have, you know, two teenagers and a young adult who trying to bring them through this COVID era. It really makes it hard some days to focus on work when I know that my young ones are having trouble at the end of the day, like there's a mental piece of this that we have to really understand. And so by honing in on that, I start a lot of my team meetings, not getting right down to business, but start with a fun fact or where you, where's your next vacation booked or tell me something, you know, silly about when you were growing up, like 
we all try and really get to know each other in a way that allows us to build some empathy. I always do team building things that help give a little bit of an inkling into, oh, she might be coming at it from this way. He might be coming at it from this way because of those events that happened in their lives at one point or something like that, that just gives you a little bit of perspective to say, don't judge, don't assume, have some empathy, and then you're going to get to the real answers together. And I will tell you that by having those conversations, it really helps everybody lean into the solution together because you know that we all have things going on. We all have the ability to listen. And if we do, it can really bring out the best in all of us. Yeah, yeah, really powerful. My People who know me know my favorite Churchill quote is around courage. Courage is knowing when to stand up and speak. Courage is knowing when to sit down and listen. And there's a place for both. So good stuff. You know, Christy, folks love our mystery questions. And so we've got a couple teed up for you today. And so one, I think, plays well in the empathy category and certainly uh, maybe around another E around energy. So it's such a big part of, of what we do as leaders today. So let's listen in and tell us who this is. Someone who knows you very well, your superpowers. And uh, and then you can answer his question. So let's let's listen. So, Christy. My question for you on your superpower would be, you bring boundless energy, positivity, and enthusiasm to your job. It inspires your teams. So I just want to know, what is your method to get up and just bring it every single day? Because I'm pretty sure you don't even drink coffee. So I'd love to know. So Mr. Baker, bringing in a a good question, huh? That's awesome. That's Mike Baker, um, our enterprise IT CISO, who... I've worked with in the past and he's part of the energy that I feed off of. So my energy comes from people on my team. I get up for the people on my team every day. I get up so that I can come in and really make a difference. And when I feel that I am adding value, I always have boundless energy to make a difference and change the world and add some value. And so I purposely think about the jobs that I'm in. I purposely think about the roles that I take. And I purposely think about the team around me. Are they going to bring me that energy? Or are they going to suck the energy out from around me and make it really hard to do my job instead? But I feed off of people. That's that's what it is. So people like Mike Baker and the rest of my leadership team and those that I meet with every day, It's that's the energy. And it's just When you know that you are doing something to solve problems together, to make a difference together, to drive change and this great transformation that we're on for DXC, how can you not have energy? You just want to go change the world. Yeah, well, when you're changing, you change culture. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of energy. It's a lot of uh, unknowns. And, you know, Mike was sharing with me that you have that ability not just to bring energy, but to energize, to inspire people on that on that journey. And so uh, thank you, Mike. Really, really great question, especially from your vantage point. Chrissy, the A in heart is around adaptability, right? And we hear a lot today about how we need our leaders to become more, more nimble, right? We need them to become more like technical athletes, more versatile, more uh, like the Swiss Army knife. So talk about what that means to you and how you're trying to build that into your organization. Yeah, I mean, that that's probably one of the number one opportunities for IT organizations, as well as challenges for IT organizations. You know, you get into a really big company like DXC, 
And driving change is like moving the Titanic and you're just not going to do it fast enough if you don't do something different. And so really thinking in increments and thinking about the baby steps of how you get somewhere. So I always think about, think about where we want to go, give them the compass and the direction of where we want to head and then just start small, right? And an example with my brand new team, right? So we, we just in May, my whole new leadership team started. We got together. I gave them the direction of where we wanted to go based on a listening tour I did with the whole company and our customers. And then I said, look, if this is where we want to go. Let's think about how we get there. And we put a 30, 60, 90 day plan in place. And when you put that 30, 60, 90 day plan in place, that gives you the ability to take smaller steps they give you the ability to course correct if you get off course along the way. And that's how I think about agility of any strategy that we have in any IT organization is that you need to put the direction out there. You need to think about the steps to get there. And then you need to be able to course correct along, along the way because things change. I mean, COVID happened overnight. We all had to change and become agile and switch things home as quickly as we could. The supply chain is still causing havoc in everything that we do in ways that you don't expect. And so because of that, we have to be agile and nimble and, and course correct along the way. So incremental thinking, thinking in small steps, but having that overall compass and direction of where you're going is the agility that, that everybody needs to build in. And that's how I try to do that. Yeah, a lot of nuggets there for our audience, especially our uh, mid-career folks who are who are entering a new cycle in business that they may not have seen before. So how do we stay relevant, stay, continue to increase our value? So I really appreciate that, Christy. We have a second audience question. And yeah, let's listen in here. We'll do the same thing. And one of our true industry thought leaders, and I, I think you'll have some fun with this one. So let's listen in. Christy, you focused on developing a nimble organization at DXC, and you've done so by driving change relative to people practices, processes, and technology, to name a few different levers at your disposal. If we were to focus on the people topic as the foundational item of this group, I've admired your ability to build high-performing teams within the organizations you've been a part of. And talk a bit about how you forge a strong and nimble team and a strong culture during such dynamic times as these, with the combination of the pandemic and virtual work, making it much more difficult for us to make true connections with people in ways we would have in past years. And I'm especially interested as you joined the company during the pandemic, and therefore you've not had the opportunity to be with your team in person as much as you would have done so just a couple of years back. I love that question. Is that Mr. High? That is Mr. Peter High. And I'll just so. add President. I mean, everyone knows Peter. I mean, yeah. he, uh, Technovation. I mean, he's like the grandpa. He's younger than me, but he's like the <laughs> grandfather of CIO podcasts. So much wisdom there, right? Yeah, absolutely. So much wisdom. And also, obviously, President of Meta Strategy. But yeah, thank you, Peter. So uh, yeah, have some fun with that one, Christy. Peter, I've learned so much from Peter over the years and the closer we get as we've been um, embarking on this DXC journey, um, people are what drive everything. Every decision that we make, I can't drive a transformation without people. So people first has always been a piece of what I do. And when you think about DXC's transformation that we're on, Again, one of the things that drew me to this job was that Mike Salvino is very clear. The first step of our journey is to inspire 
our colleagues and care for our colleagues in what we do. And that's just innately how I run a team anyway. That's just part of my journey as a leader is that it's the people around you that are going to get us there. And so my first job as a CIO and as a leader in this organization is to inspire people to see where we want to go and how they can help us get there. And it is hard in a virtual organization to do that. So as I said, by having meetings where we don't just get down to business, but we talk a little bit about what's going on in our lives, whether it's vacation we just came from, the vacation we're planning, whether it's something silly that happened throughout the day, it gives us something to hone in on and remember that we are all people. And then it gives us the ability to pull out those little things. You'll hear from somebody what drives them as you ask those questions. You're like, she really likes to dig into the details on those numbers, right? She's a numbers person. She has a favorite math. Let's figure out how we get her some of those numbers that's going to inspire her so she can dig into numbers and drive us along the way. And that Shelly um, on my team is very much that way. She's data-driven. She loves math. So I'm always going to throw those types of things at her, which gives her energy through the day because that's what she likes to do. And I'm going to I'm going to build on that strength and use it to help us drive along our, our journey. And then there's other people, Mr. Baker, who we just heard from, he feeds off of people. So the more people I could introduce him to off the bat gives him that energy and that excitement of meeting new people, learning new people along the way, so that then he feels like he's getting that energy as well and he can drive forward. So hearing those little things from people as you're having these conversations then allows you to be able to to pull out the best in people and see where they need to go or have the hard conversation and say, I think this is going to be a problem for you. Let's talk about how we can get through it. In a conversation like this where we're not able to look in each other in the eye. We're not able to sit down and, you know, cross the table and have that uncomfortable conversation. We're doing it via video and it, it can get hard. But if you take the time to invest in those personal relationships, it allows the team to draw on that energy, to, to draw on their strengths and to have that same ability to then be nimble and think about what they can do to add value to the organization. So I, I pick people apart without them knowing it and figure out their strengths so that we can um, really drive the organization forward. But it, bottom line, it all starts with people. It all ends with people. Well, that's part of your gift in helping your people move forward as well to, to grow and advance. And once they get to know you and trust trust that, they're willing to be a little bit off balance, a little bit off uh, you know off their center because they know you can push them forward faster. And, and I noticed, uh, just going to make a note here, you didn't mention Shelly's last name. She's a data person. I, I don't blame you. I mean, they're pretty high to get so. Nobody can steal her. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Good stuff. The R in, in, in heart, resiliency, right? And we all know when we're going through the storm, when we're building those resiliency muscles, not fun, not easy, right? Really push us out of our comfort zone. But on the other side, it's so good, right? So how are you building that muscle? in your people. I mean, obviously you don't, you don't drive big culture change without having a resilient organization. Otherwise people are going to, going to crash. So talk about that. And also Christy, this was talked about in the last podcast with Larry Quinlan. He talked about healthy tension. Yeah. And, and healthy tension is a really good thing, right? Because it causes us to really challenge one another about those things 
that we need to be resilient about. So, you know, resiliency to me is about the team getting getting back up again, right? It's, you know, there's going to be challenges. Sometimes they're every day. Sometimes they're small. Sometimes they're big. And it's really what you learn from each of those instances that gets you ready for the next one that's coming down the pike. And so making sure that we're learning from each of them, making sure that we have the energy to get back up and do it again, and taking care of our mental health in doing so, because you have to rest and recharge and relax so that you can fight the next one when it does come along, because it's coming. It doesn't matter (laughs) what we're in. Like we all go, phew, we're through the pandemic. Okay, oh my gosh, we're still fighting the supply chain of the pandemic the whole time, right? Like it just, that's what it is. So when you think about resiliency, it's, To me, number one, making sure that everybody understands that we have a team. You're not in this alone and that we're going to get through it together. And even though you might be having a bad day or feeling like you don't know how to solve this problem, you have a team around you who's going to pick you up and build you up and we're going to move forward together. I think the other part of it is that that learning that we have in helping us to get to the next thing. So we all come with different experience. We all come with different perspective. So if we can hear and listen to that perspective, it's going to help us be more resilient for the next thing that comes through um, as a team. And then I love Larry Quinlan's um, thing on healthy tension. And I have a um, thing. I actually have a rubber band ball here that I just gave my whole team to remind them of healthy tension. Healthy tension is a thing. When you think about a rubber band, It has zero form or function if there's no tension on it. It serves no purpose just on its own. As soon as you start to put some tension on it, it starts to take shape and has a purpose. It can hold things together, you know, whatever the case may be. It could be a square, it could be a circle, it could be an oval, whatever it needs to be, but it has now shape and purpose to hold things together. If I put too much tension on that, it's eventually going to start to fray, snap, and break. So it's about... We need to make sure that we are not creating unhealthy tension, which causes unnecessary resiliency, right? We don't want to have to get back up from things that didn't have to happen, but we want that healthy tension that are going to continue to challenge us, continue to make us think a little differently along the way, and really give us the learning that we need from each other and prepare us for that next event, whatever it might be that we need to pick ourselves back up from. You've talked a lot about people. You've talked about learning, building those new muscles, preparing people for the future. You know, we're not going to have time to talk about it today, about all that you do to develop and grow your people. But I do want to uh, share some exciting news, which you're aware of, which is the TechLX Scholarship, our Tech for Good initiative. And we're donating $125,000. And this is our TechLX leadership program, nine-month cohort-based program. You've leveraged it with, with your leaders. And we give you the ability to gift it to one of your nonprofits that you're participating in. So anybody come to mind, Chris, you'd like to share that with? Absolutely. So I am on the advisory board for STEM for Her, which is an organization that really focuses on giving under-resourced, underprivileged girls the ability to learn technology, engineering, and math and science in ways that they wouldn't have been able to. So I am super excited and so thankful that you are doing this. The more that we can do for women in tech and build that pipeline. This has been a passion of mine. I have been involved with Girls Who Code, STEM for Her, 
all sorts of organizations and women in tech and bringing women through that technology pipeline. And the more that we can expose young women to the STEM field and show them what they can be and give them an ability to see the value that they can add in an exciting career like this, that's always dynamic, always changing. You know, my kids always say, mom, you have an office job. I'm like, no, I solve new problems every day. And that's a super exciting place to be. And I want others to understand that. So yeah, yeah. Fascinating. And that, that warms our heart. And, and the website STEM, is it number four? Yeah, her? number four. Her. Her. Yes. Perfect. How perfect that our tech for good is going to benefit uh, STEM for her. Absolutely. That just warms our hearts here, you know, for my team. So thank you for the good work you're doing. Yeah, here, thank you. You know, kind of wrap it up here with the T and heart, right, is around transparency. We talked about that earlier, being vulnerable, right? And, you know, what does that look like? People like you, you've already shared this not afraid to talk about failure and learning from that and, and, and giving your people the confidence and the trust that they can go and, and try things, take risks. So talk about the importance of transparency in your leadership style. It's so interesting because I learned early on that it's very hard to have transparency if you don't have trust first, because nobody's going to bring you a problem if they don't trust that you're going to help them solve it. Instead, point a finger at them, fire them, whatever retaliation, like they're just, they're going to shy away and they're going to sweep it under the rug and say, she won't notice or, you know, whatever the case may be, like nobody's going to bring you a problem if they don't trust that you're going to help solve it. So in order to have a culture of transparency, you need to build that trust first, which is a lot of what we've already talked about today. And then you bring together a problem, bring a problem and solve it together and sometimes you will fail. Even together, you will fail. But if you celebrate that failure and talk about what you learn, rather than, again, sweeping it under the rug, it's like, shh, don't tell anybody, right? Like, instead, be like, hey, what did we learn from this? Oh, we should have gone here first, right? Like, okay, let's make sure we do that next time so we don't fail again. Like, those are the amazing things that come together. And the more transparent we can be, the better conversations we can have that then start to avoid future failures. So. If we can say, look, this problem doesn't get better with age, bring it on early, we'll solve some of those problems, it could avoid even the bigger problem down the road. And those are the things that I try and remind our team is, look, just put it all out there on the table. Like, it is what it is. Let's deal with it. If I don't know what it is, then we can't deal with it. So I think as long as you bring those things to the table, celebrate the failures as much as you celebrate the successes and really learn from each one of them. And if you publicly show how you support those types of things, people will always bring you the problems so that you can be transparent and deal with them. And I'll give you an example. When I was at another company, we were going through this large scale change. We were changing the way we were dealing with identity so that people could really start to, to put the right cyber controls around the way we were doing work. And the guy who was in charge of the identity management systems, he hit the button delete. All gone. The entire thing wiped out. We were down for at least eight hours. We didn't know if we were going to be able to get back up. And he came to me and said, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I want you to know I'm going to do everything to get through this. I said, I know you will. I said, because I know that you're learning from this even as you go. So he came to me very courageous in what he did. And afterwards, we got it all back up. We brought all hands on deck. We got it solved. 
really, really hard. We learned so much from that. You should always have two people watching what you're doing when it comes to identity, right? So that one person can't hit the delete button on their own and that somebody else is always watching saying, hey, you don't want to do that. But there's things that you learn from that. And to this day, on the anniversary of when that happened, he continues to come back to me and say, thank you so much for giving me a chance. And my response to him every year is, thank you so much for learning and teaching our organization how to do something. It was one of the most transparent issues we had. Everything (laughs) went down. Nobody could get into anything, right? But at the same time, celebrating that failure and how much we learned from it as an organization and the humility and the ability to say, nobody's head rolled because of this. In fact, it helped accelerate the maturity of our organization of what we needed to do. That is the, the beauty of transparency, that you can bring a problem to the table. People trust that you're going to help us get through it. And then you're going to learn and mature from everything that you've done. And that builds resiliency there in itself as well. So it all comes full circle, Dan. There you go. Tying them all together. I'm going to have to make it heart with two T's because the trust thing, right? That's just so... So huge. In, in just a minute we have left, Christy, I'd love to kind of build on that. One of my favorite Christyisms. you've got many of these expressions, but one of yours is we do hard things here. I mean, that's certainly transparent. That's certainly pretty, pretty much out there. Does that energize your people? Does it freak them out? But it's, it's a pretty bold statement. It is. And, and that's, it's one of the things of when you think about a large scale transformation, like we're doing at DXC, If it were easy, they'd have brought in anybody to do it. But we know it's not. And hard conversations need to be had. Hard decisions need to be made about what are we going to do to get us to the next level and drive this transformation that we have. So by just coming out and saying, look, we do hard things, right? Like We have to have the hard conversation. Just doing the easy thing isn't always going to get us to the next level of where we're trying to go. Now, some people shy away from that and large-scale transformation is not for everybody, Dan, right? Like some people just don't have it in their DNA. I get super excited about it. I'm like, come on, let's go. This is so exciting. Some people are like, whoa, this lady's crazy. So, um, you know, by, by just putting it out there, it sets a tone for the culture of, We do hard things. We will go have that hard conversation. We will make a hard decision. We will do something that's really complex and hard because it's the right thing to do, which is one of our core values at DXC. That then drives the path that we move forward and make sure that we really understand that we're always going to do the right thing, not because it's easy, not because it's hard, because it is the right thing. And so just by putting it out there, it, it sets the stage for a different attitude of what we're going to do. And I think it works for most. Well, Christy, just, just amazing insights. Thanks for bringing us inside your playbook, your new this new venture you're on. Good luck to you and Mike Savino and Mike Baker and Shelly, the unknown Shelly, and the whole team there as you lead this exciting journey, this culture change journey. We're going to post next Thursday, we're going to do a blog together around your, the values, how you lead with values. And I'm going to really double click on how you sustain that, because I think we we tend not to stay the course as leaders long enough. We have that flavor of the year thing, but you stay the course and and the benefits of that. And, you know, one of my other favorite Christianisms I want to double click on is you talk about in the uncomfortable, we learn the most. And so we'll talk about that too. So thanks so much for 
joining us. As Mike Baker said, your energy is infectious. I'm ready to go tackle the day here. So, <laughs> Ready to go do some hard things, right, Dan? We're going to do hard things starting right now. Absolutely. This was easy. This was fun. And always appreciate you, Christy. Good, good luck to you and your family. Thank you so much, Dan. Good luck on this podcast. Thanks again for having me. And thank you again for the scholarship donation system for her. Super, super excited for that. Developing a robust pipeline of future-ready IT leaders who know how to show up and engage differently is paramount to success today. If you would like to learn more about the Tech LX Leadership Development Program that Dan talks about in the podcast, we invite you to visit techwhisperers.net. Equip your workforce with a new mindset and skill set needed to maximize impact, increase engagement, and build a world-class talent magnet brand. You've been listening to Tech Whispers, inside the playbook of the best digital leaders, a Woolet and Associates podcast. Keep connected with us by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you like what you've heard, please rate the show as this helps us connect the world's best digital leaders with those who aspire to learn, grow, and thrive in this amazing profession. Thanks for listening. Until next time.